Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds, and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging, and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences, as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. So hello, hello, hello. And let me tell you, I know that I am not alone when I say that I was exhausted from the constant pursuit of happiness. <laughs> huge, huge, huge welcome. Thank you for joining me. Today, I want to talk to you guys about this constant search for happiness and how a few years ago I was feeling totally disconnected from everything and everyone and talk a little bit about what I did and how I find myself talking to you today really genuinely happy and content but not always smiling. Um, so I am doing my PhD at the moment and I'm doing my PhD all around the impact of lived experience and I've come across the most amazing researcher called um, Gretchen Rubin who researches everything around happiness and she's got a book called Life in Five Senses and it's just phenomenal and made me really think about my own constant pursuit so a few years ago, just around COVID, um, I just felt like I was numb. I just felt like I was totally disconnected, you know, not from just my my husband or my family, my parents, my friends, but myself as well. And I didn't really know, I can't really explain how I was feeling. I wasn't clinically depressed, but I definitely felt low in mood I had no energy I just felt blur, really meh and the <laughs> technical words by the way um I just felt really unsure of myself and I had this kind of big bravado that was in play and you know to the world looking out I think lots of people would have thought that success had come really easily to me and that you know this energetic extroverted person who was still showing up was you know really happy but the reality was that I really wasn't and I couldn't understand why I really lacked that internal connection and what that essentially looked like to me was walking around in a world just in a shell of a body I would, you know, walk up some of the most beautiful Welsh mountains with friends, <clears throat> but I really struggled with enjoying the moment. I found myself second guessing myself, really thinking about the decisions I was making and were they right? Were they wrong? How did I know? What if I made the wrong decision? What if I did something that was a mistake? So really not trusting my own instinct and um kind of intuition which is something that I've always previously pride proud pride proud proud I'm not really sure what the right word is there but something I always took pride in for myself so the be you know the ability to make a decision that felt right just didn't really happen and I found myself avoiding 
anything really just to not be in my head. And this really kind of identified for me when, do you remember, let me take you back to those, that, that kind of first time when COVID happened. I think the, you know, I don't think anybody really appreciated the severity of what was happening. I think um, certainly in my community, there was definitely an element of the unknown. So there was an element of excitement. We were, you know, some of us being paid to not be in work. We had beautiful sunshine in in Wales in particular. We had beautiful sunshine, but in the UK, I believe we did. So we were able to just sunbathe whilst getting paid without, you know, really having to engage with the world at all. It was really novel. It was definitely this kind of novelty factor. And it's fair to say my husband and I watched a fair amount of Netflix. We didn't have Netflix up until this point. Um, and we got Netflix because of the, the kind of lockdown and what were we going to do, bar watch TV. And I remember watching this program about zombies. And I'm a big Walking Dead fan. I'm sure we've got some. If you're a Walking Dead fan, give me some love because I love the Walking Dead. And we watched this zombie program. I can't even remember what it was called, but it was basically about a guy who had been turned blue, I think, and therefore he his blood was going to cure the, the world of this zombie um, apocalypse. It, it was as dreadful as it sounds. As I'm talking about it, I promise you it was that dreadful. But we watched about 10 seasons with about 15 episodes on each. And I remember us getting to the end episode and just thinking, what on earth have I just done? I have literally wasted hours and hours and hours of my time watching this apocalyptic program, which was absolutely pants. There was no, you know, it wasn't like Fi-Fi Lane, which I'm watching at the moment, which is just beautiful. This was awful. So it was a real kind of wake up call for me that I was actually numbing myself. I was hiding my myself away, being busy, being busy, not doing a lot. The other thing that really um, was the second kind of indicator that I was walking around just as a shell of a person is I decided to do a qualification and an apprenticeship in something that I really didn't need to do an apprenticeship in. I just, the thought of being with my own thoughts, you know, 18 hours a day was horrific. And I don't think I consciously thought that. I think consciously I was still on this kind of mission for happiness, but subconsciously I was keeping myself really, really busy. And this was a real kickstart for me. And I started this journey of rediscovering who I was. I don't think I've ever really needed to discover who I was. I think I've always had a very, really strong sense of identity, but always known who I, who I was and who I am. But I just felt lost and I had to rediscover and refine myself. And this was a really interesting process for me because I started off doing it in my head. I started off really thinking about how to make myself happier. And it was a kind of a few months in that I met somebody and they made me kind of just sit and breathe for a moment. And I remember them asking me where in my body did I feel this unease? Where in my body did I feel this discomfort or this disconnection? And for me, it was right in my gut, 
right there in that kind of solar plexus. It was right there. So I knew that there was a challenge. And at the time I'd been reading about this research um, which took place in a really small Italian um, village. And this research really showed the importance of small daily interactions, informal interactions that made people build their longevity of life. And, and I really started to think about this research. Now, this research specifically talks about communication and these small interactions, which, you know, initially you might think that that would be with your parents or your loved ones, with your, your partner or, you know, with your neighbours. But actually, what the research showed was so much more simple. It was so much more, in my eyes, beautiful. It was the small connections, the smile at the person on the bus stop. It was the stopping and saying to somebody, hey, how's your day? And giving those compliments to somebody who just had the most beautiful pairs of shoes, for example, or their hair just particularly looked nice that day. And actually what the research showed was that these small seemingly insignificant interactions that weren't with people that we know and love were actually enough to spark the dopamine, spark the serotonin in your brain to a kind of reduce and remove and release some of that cortisol that causes stress and overwhelm. So this really captured my imagination. Not only was I able to have something really pragmatic to do, I also then had this person in my life who was saying, let's reconnect that head and that mind and that body and that soul. So one of the things that Gretchen Rubin then um, explains is the life in five senses. So this is what I taught and this is what I, I, I teach to the people I work with now. And this is what I've embedded in my own life. How do I stay present in those moments? How do I create more creativity? How do I build this happiness that is built not around the doing, not around the being productive? I am somebody who thrives on that external validation. I'm somebody who thrives on that um, ticking off my to-do list. I like to be productive, but actually it wasn't serving me anymore. And COVID really taught me that. I couldn't just sit back and do nothing. And there was nothing to do because the world had closed down. So what it really forced me to do, and I urge all of you listening, if you're feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, stressed, disconnected, feeling like you don't have any mojo anymore. The fire in your belly is not really burning. It's just simmering. I urge you to reconnect with your five senses. So the first thing to think of is smell. Now, everybody has like a love of a different smell. And for me, the, the two senses that I absolutely remember thinking I loved was the smell of fresh bread or fresh bacon. So my daughter at the time was doing lots of fresh bacon. So we could smell fresh cookies or cake. Um, it was just that lovely like freshness that gives me even now that like, oh, I love that kind of smell. But also things like clean towels. So I know lots of people love the smell of fresh towels or fresh laundry that's come in from from the line so you know really when you're looking for a burst of energy or just something to kind of cheer you up a little bit then though that smell is a really beautiful way of just capturing the moment and we can't capture a spell so we can't kind of memorize it as such so it really demands us to be present in that moment the smell of fresh bread 
is something that is just lovely and whimsical for me but I can't really, I've never cooked fresh bread. I'm not a baker at all. So I don't necessarily have a, a memory that's connected to that. I just know that I love that smell. So the second part that um, really I knew I needed to do more of was around feeling disconnected and overwhelmed or maybe feeling numb. And that sense of touch was something that was really important for me. Um, my daughter took up knitting and started to make these worry whales. And just having something tactile in my hand was something that was really great for the fidget in me, but also just to constantly feel like there was something there to ground me, to keep me in the moment and to really appreciate the textures the, the the feel of the knitting was something I like that rough with the smooth um, it fit really nicely in the palm of my hand so it felt like a really comforting small ball so when I talk about touch touch is something that can have a really profound impact on helping you in the moment and helping you to not get carried away with our thoughts. So whilst it might, for me, it's not my my primary um, sense, having that touch and being able to um, really kind of bring some sense of calm when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed is a really important sense to use. Now, sound is something that can easily cause distraction as well as can easily find distraction. So lots of people I know and work with love to have music on in the background when they work. They like to have music to kind of completely chill them out and relax. For me, I find music quite distracting. I want to sing along or I want to do something. Now, music and happiness are absolutely intrinsic in my life. I love to go to live music. I'm a bit of a raver. So I used to love going to nightclubs and just dancing. But the connection has always been about doing and listening. So the thought of having music on in the background whilst I'm trying to do work just does not work for me. And I completely appreciate there'll be some of you going, really? My goodness, I love to have music on in the background. But I get really easily distracted. So if I hear coughing or people eating or conversations happening, I really struggle to stay present in the moment. And it makes me really distracted. What I found really interesting is while I was trying to connect my head and body, I started to meditate. And yes, in the moment, I really struggled from a meditation perspective, sitting down for 10 minutes. For those who, who know me will know that it's a real struggle to sit down and do nothing for 10 minutes. Um, but I had to learn, I had to reteach myself to, to stay in the silence. I had to work really hard on a daily basis to go from 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes. And I can just about do five minutes now, 10 minutes, not a chance. But what I realized when I was becoming distracted and when life started to open up again, and certainly now where I am three or four years on, I really realized that the meditation that I do on a pretty much daily basis actually helps to keep me calm. So when I'm distracted, when I hear a cough or when I 
hear somebody eating particularly loudly or when there's music going on around me that's maybe not something I've in, engaged in, find myself being able to allow it to come in and be released really easily. So whereas previously I would have been frustrated at the noise of somebody eating or the fact that somebody's music was too loud and I was trying to work or the fact that somebody was having a conversation around me, just by meditating, I found myself not being distracted by these. I'm able to stay calm. I'm able to allow those moments of frustration to come and go. That's been really, really powerful in terms of not allowing myself to get upset by things that previously I may have got upset by. So, so yeah, smell, touch, sound, or have completely different um, spaces within that kind of pursuit for happiness. Um, the big vision, uh, sorry, the big sense I have is visual. I'm a really visual person. I love color. I love brightness. I love patterns. And I love this, you know, vis uh, like aesthetically pleasing, visually pleasing parts of life. And I've always been this, this way. And I've always been able to see um, beauty in do like lots of different things. But by calming myself down and slowing down that pace of life and not actively pursuing happiness, I started to take pleasure in those moments. Now, if you're somebody who's constantly busy, if you're somebody who's constantly on the go, then I urge you to slow down and really see, open your eyes around what is there. I now see flowers. I notice squirrels climbing trees. I notice patterns in just life. I, yes, yeah, still love to look at the dresses and the shoes in Ascot on Ladies Day. And I, you know, I still love to... Um, see the beauty in have more um, what's the word in more superficial things really but what I've started to really appreciate is the growth of a tree and the the prickle of a cactus or I've really noticed that I love to see different colors and textures and and shades so that visual um, part of me which I've always known was really strong I've allowed that to really support me creatively to really allow me to just be in that moment and appreciate what I'm seeing there and then and then finally probably my second um, strongest sense is taste now food consumes a huge part of my life um, if I go out with the girls, we tend to go out and we talk a lot about food. The hubby and I will often go out for food and, and that is a huge part of our life. We think about food a lot. One of the things that slowing down has really noticed, has, has really no, I've really noticed is that, yes, I like to spend money on good food. So if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I really want to, you know, enjoy the food that I'm having. But it's really made me appreciate the foods that I've been tasting that I don't like. It's really allowed me to add that depth to the taste. Now, I am not a cook, so I am not somebody who could tell you what spice or herb is within food. But by slowing down and really tasting my food, I've seen a huge difference in the choices of food that I choose to eat. 
So when you're looking at this generalized pursuit of happiness, and when we look at what we do on a day-to-day basis to numb ourselves, because there's so much going on in the world, there's so much going on in our lives, we're so busy, then often life goes by. We're already, you know, in May. (laughs) So by the time you listen to this podcast, you're probably in June. So when I look at how quickly this year has gone already, it has flown by. And I realized that as I'm getting older, life is passing me by so quickly and I'm missing out. So now I don't search for happiness. What I search for is memories and moments and time. And I want to slow life down. I want to absorb as much as I can. And I realized that that is what makes me happy. So yes, I'm growing a business. Yes, I have teenage children. Yes, I have a husband. Yes, I have a resemblance of a social life. But all of these things are keeping me busy. So it's really important that I find that time to maintain that connection. So I'm not just constantly in my head that I'm able to really connect with what the heart and soul wants as well. So if any of this has resonated with you, I would love you to do one of two things. The first thing I would really like you to do is really consider which of your senses is your strongest. What are the first two that you absolutely can relate to? Is it smell? Is it touch? Is it, you know, like me, visual or taste? What is it that is your strongest sense? And I want you to really think about how you can slow down and notice how you can bring those smaller things into life. If you're numbing yourself or if you're stressed, if you're overwhelmed, what is it that you can do within the snippets of time to try and build some sense of happiness, contentment, connection into the world? Thank you so much for listening. I hope it's been um, as valuable to me um, as it has to you. That's a reframe. I hope it's been as valuable to you as it has to me. 